sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Teas Tea. Thanks for tuning in. So today I am super excited to be joined by my very good friend, Sofia Osuna. This has been one of the interviews that I've wanted to do for the longest time. She was one of the first people who knew that I was going to start a podcast and she has been by my side supporting me the whole way. And aside from that, she's been an incredible friend. So I've wanted to have her here on the podcast for the longest time and we were finally able to do it. Our drinking, of course, my absolute favorite tea, which is the cinnamon apple tea from La Teresita, and we have these really awesome mugs with us. Sofia's is green. It's it's one of my favorite mugs. I've talked to you guys about it before, but it's the one that's like green, and it's kind of like rustic. The edges are a little bit like imperfect, but that's what's so cool about it. And I am drinking in my light pink mug, which has the wooden handle and the nice little lid. So as you guys know, these little teas come with quotes. So let's read today's quote. So the quote in Spanish says, La mejor manera de predecir el futuro es creándolo. In English, it means that the best way of predicting the future is creating it. We are sitting in my room and we have the nice little presentation in front of us to guide us along the way. And it's a really nice day, even though it's fall. Here in Colombia, the seasons aren't very noticeable. So it's like spring all year round and the sky is a really nice blue color. And we're just really happy to be here and share all of these amazing topics that we have in store with you guys. I said I'm super excited to have Osu here with us today and before we get started talking about all of the fascinating different aspects of her life I think it's really important for you guys to feel like you know her and just a little bit of general information to understand how Osu thinks her mentality her life philosophies all of these general questions that I love asking my guests when they first come on so Osu please tell the story of how we met um so we started talking through Instagram DMs um, on December 2018 and we started talking because we had the same backpack uh, Fial Raven Konkan uh-huh. it was yellow like ochre yellow very pretty we, we love that color we bond with that color <laughs> because of that like Instagram DM moment and since then Um, we have been like very close. So that was just one of the greatest bonding experiences because I remember when I met you, you had like the little tiny cute version and I had like the bigger size one. So I always thought it was super adorable and we weren't really that close. But when I saw that backpack on my trip, I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for us to become better friends. So I sent it to her and we started talking more. I remember one of the first questions you asked me was like, what was my music taste? <laughs> we just remembered we made a playlist and like Osu has really good taste in music and like rock and just all of those things that I wanted to become more knowledgeable about so she made this huge like I don't know how many hours long playlist with a bunch of music to introduce me to that genre and we called it antisocial caterpillars <laughs> and we'll talk more about the story of how we became antisocial caterpillars later on but yeah that was just one of the greatest bonding moments because on that trip I bought a lot of clothes <laughs> and I bought a lot of things in that yellow color so I was like showing her I did a huge haul when I got back of like all the clothes I bought and so much of it was that yellow color and it's just forever like whenever I see that color I always remember her so we basically started bonding that way we made a playlist together we started like showing each other our clothes we like bonded a lot with fashion and um, she showed me her outfits and I showed her mine she was buying a lot of clothes because she went on that trip but I also like showed her like my fashion taste and like my music taste and she showed me hers it was like a very fun bonding experience to get to know her that way um we then started talking about like more deep and profound stuff um but like that's how our friendship started <laughs> so that was definitely a point which really allowed us to connect and we basically started building our friendship on whatsapp just texting each other and we don't talk like every single day but whenever we do talk it's a very meaningful conversation and we bring each other up to speed on our lives and what has happened to us and the big things and we always seek each other for like help and advice so i think it's become a really genuine friendship so how about you tell us a little bit more of like who you are how you've grown up and just a bit of your general information so that my listeners can like figure out like who you are and where you stand 
I'm 17 years old and I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, um, in the U.S. I lived there for seven years and then I moved here to Medellin. Um, if you ask me about my childhood, I don't really remember it. <laughs> um, but I know that my parents like raised me very well and with a lot of love, um, even though I can't remember it a lot, like very fondly. Um, I studied in the Montessori school and I just graduated, so I am currently not studying anything. I'm going to start studying literature um, next year. Right now, I'm focusing on mental health and detox from like everything in school and it has been like a very refreshing experience. Uh, so knowing Osu's family I can definitely say they're just the sweetest people, her parents are so nice and her brother is really awesome so I think it's a really nice family <laughs> and a really nice environment to grow up in and as for your school I always have thought your school is super cool and you know we bonded a lot with like our different school experiences and just struggling with <laughs> all the workload and everything and yeah, you graduated in the middle of a pandemic. Not many people can say that, but you know, you were always keeping me up to speed with like the experience and graduation. And it was really awesome because the day you graduated, your parents organized like a little celebration on a huge Microsoft Teams call. <laughs> and I joined and it was super fun to see you in like that important pivotal moment in your life. So yeah, I'm really glad to, even though we haven't been friends for the longest time, to be able to like be with you not physically but <laughs> through a screen on these really big moments in your life you are without a doubt one of the most interesting and talented people that i know so we're going to be talking a lot about those things today so i was wondering if you could just give us a little bit of an introduction kind of define yourself how you would kind of like uh describe yourself what words do you think fit you or what are your hobbies or just the main qualities that you feel are deepest within your soul I think something that defines myself a lot is art. Um, everything that has to do with art, painting, drawing, singing, photography, um, doing collages. I really like everything that has to do with art and I express my emotions and my thoughts through it. I believe I am a very creative person and I can express what I am thinking and what I feel with it in a very interesting way for sure i always have admired the ability that you have to create things in such an authentic and original way and i wanted to construct this interview around so many of those amazing qualities because i don't think i'm the most creative person myself so i definitely admire people around me who can just make such beautiful things and transmit such powerful meanings through them so that is definitely something that i admire so 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 much from you one of my favorite questions to ask anybody who comes on here is what their life philosophy is. I think that, you know, life is rough, life is complicated, and we all just need something to kind of ground us and center us and keep us on the right path and make us feel like we're here for a greater purpose. So what would you say your life philosophy is? That's a very interesting question. When I saw it, when you sent me that question, I immediately went like um what do i say i don't know then i remembered i had an essay written about my values and beliefs that we did in english class um and at the end of the year we would show it to like the whole school because we were the seniors and it was like a whole experience like uh saying goodbye um leaving like a little piece of ourselves in the school and like in the students but we couldn't do that because of the pandemic so um this is like a little piece of what i wrote the belief that resonates the most with everything i do and is probably the belief that is mostly engraved in my brain is ethics are not negotiable before i take any decision i take into account my integrity and the integrity of others i think the decision i am about to take truly reflects my values and what i aspire to be i think that is absolutely beautiful it was so heartwarming to read this because with this question everybody has something totally different to bring to the table and that's the beauty and the diversity of this world 
but I really love seeing this reflected in that little fragment of the essay because interacting with you and seeing you go through rough times and kind of like situations where you don't exactly know what to do, to know that you have such a strong moral compass that orients you to always do the things for the greater good of people and to make sure that you're not harming anybody in the process is extremely valuable. The world definitely needs more people like this because it's easy to get caught up in life and get used to doing things that will benefit you the most all the time instead of things that the whole planet needs and doing kind things and making sure you don't harm anybody so i think that is just one of the best answers i have ever heard and it sums you up perfectly one of the things that definitely shook me the most when i started to get to know you is your incredible connection with music now you sing you have an incredible voice which never fails to astonish me i remember very distinctly this year in my birthday party i was very obsessed and i'm still obsessed with that song Te Guardo by Silvana Estrada so I literally kind of forced you <laughs> to sing it for me <laughs> and it was so beautiful like listening to you sing that song which is so special to me and just your amazing vocals and I honestly cannot sing for the life of me so I really love it when I hear you sing it's just so relaxing you have such an amazing talent so I really think it's very worthwhile to talk about all of that because it's one of the most amazing things about you so how did you get into music in the first place music has been a part of my life since i have memory my mom used to take my brother and i to piano classes when i was like four um but that didn't really stick my brother is a pianist and he is really good but i don't really um practice an instrument i mostly sing and when i was 10 my parents realized that and i have been doing it ever since that's basically my story with music there is just so much talent in your household i remember that sometimes you can send me like voice messages and you can hear your brother playing the piano in the background and it's just so wholesome and also i remember like when the voice effect on tiktok blew up when it's like your voice like Ugh! you know how to do that perfectly <laughs> in real life and you can just control like i don't know like you sort of taught me to do it but when I heard you do it like in real life without the effect I started asking my other friends who can sing I was like can you do this can you like do this in real life <laughs> can you do that with your voice and you're definitely the one who could do it the best so you you have many many vocal talents and I always just admire that and I love listening to you sing so since we heard that little introduction you had to music and how you started getting into it I wanted to know how you have or how you continue to practice it today as I said before, I have been practicing um, singing since I was like 10 years old, more or less. But I was never as connected to music. I started to really get into like the life and the meaning that music holds with the school band. They helped me connect to music to another level. Um, they helped me create the person who I am today and I am like forever grateful for that. They taught me how to make music part of who I am more than just um, a talent or something that I do on my day-to-day -day life. That's honestly really awesome because I remember seeing you guys perform or practice and it was just such an alive space. You know, everybody was full of joy and wanting to express themselves and wanting to just take time and they were just so passionate about music and learning about it and just spreading it and spreading all of these positive vibes and important messages so I think it's really awesome that had such a big role in your life and it contributed to make you who you are today because honestly it's a really beautiful part of you. So knowing your whole story with music and how you've been able to develop yourself with it and truly become who you are today how would you say that it has helped you overcome your struggles or what does music mean to you? So as I said before, um, music has made me who I am as a person nowadays. Um, I think music is one of the most effective ways I let out my emotions. 
um, when I get on stage in the school band, we used to have these concerts that we called Las Noches Perdidas. And when I got on that stage and I started to sing and I started to do what I love and I started to express my emotions through that music and through the songs, I became a different person. Um, I haven't felt that like since because we're in a pandemic and yeah, I can't like go on a stage. But I really, it's a very therapeutic moment for me to get on stage and let it all out and express my emotions and create um, and improvise and start doing what I absolutely love. Music has shaped who I am, not only through music itself, but the people who I have practiced it with, the people in the band. That is honestly so inspiring. I wish I could sing <laughs> or play an instrument. <laughs> But honestly, what I think is so beautiful about that is that you felt like you were a part of something. That group was like a literal family and you were all so close and you helped each other so much. So I think that one of the things that could really contribute to making that experience so special for you was feeling like you belong to something. Because as humans, I think one of the bare things you want is to just feel involved, feel like we belong somewhere, feel like we are important and a valuable element to something. So I think that it's really awesome that you were able to find that in such an enriching space. So you have been able to show us that you are super passionate about art in so many of its different forms. And we just talked a little bit about music. So now I want to talk about the more manual kind that you are so awesome at creating. So I wanted to know a little bit more about your story with creation. Right now you have an Instagram account called Cuerpo Valdio, where you have been able to share all of the amazing pieces you've worked on and just all of the beautiful aesthetic things that you have made. So I wanted to know like kind of your relationship with creating things even before you opened up that account, because I know that it's been a big part of your life for a long time. So my relationship with art as a whole has been kind of rocky to say the least um but right now it's pretty good um i say it was rocky because um well i have been practicing my art since i was very little since i have memory but i formally started classes when i was like nine years old kind of and i started with a teacher um that's what like when i formally started and that teacher passed away when i was 14 years old Obviously, it was very hard for me to accept that he was a big part of my life, but um, eventually I learned to live with that. But in the way, um, I kind of disconnected with painting and with art as a whole to kind of like accept the fact that he was not around anymore. Um, then I started with a new professor and he was kind of rude to say the <laughs> least <laughs> so yeah I left that place it wasn't doing me any good especially like with the grieving um, of my past teacher the next time I painted was like two years later with Noches Perdidas basically um, the professor asked me to do a painting I was already working on it and when he asked me I was like oh my god I'm doing one about like the concept of Noches Perdidas I have it hanging on my room um, I'm not like nowadays now that I look at it I'm not very proud of it it's not very pretty but like it was a turning point in my life um, and like a way of me saying I can't paint um, despite everything that happened to me um, regarding art. I think that's so powerful what you said, like that quote, you know, <laughs> I can still paint regardless of what has happened to me in art. I think that's really powerful because as you said, your journey has been a bit rocky and for other people that would have been a reason to quit, but you were able to recognize the true meaning and value that it gives to your life, which is a form of expression and a form of letting go all of those things that could be weighing within you. So I congratulate you for that. And could you talk a little bit more about this painting? Like what was the concept in Noches Perdidas that you were trying to transmit? The painting is a woman um, with like a dark wine color background. Um, she is very thin. She 
has like a very, I would say, powerful face. She is very expectant of the future. Um, I think it's very powerful um, the way I try to make her mannerisms and her face and the way she expresses that emotion. Um, she is naked since it was like exposed in the concert. Um, I couldn't like show a lot because I mean it was like a school <laughs> e event <laughs> so I um, covered those like her intimate parts up with sunflowers yeah I think I remember when you were painting that I, I could be making this up in my head but I think you sent me some pictures of like the first the drawing you were doing so yeah you know it's a really cool concept and I really admire you for trying to reflect something so much deeper in like a static picture like the woman wasn't moving and the pose she was in doesn't necessarily express how she's expectant of the future but you still found a way to reflect that in the image so I think that's definitely really powerful so talking a little bit about the line of what you try to convey through your art what would you say is your goal when you create things um I want to show not only like my other side like my inner thoughts and my um inner like turmoil if that's like the right word um but I want to show like the other side of the world as well um I try to show different ways to interpret different situations in the world um in a very like personal way I try to like make some comparisons with um making up stories of things that are happening like with myself and with the world I usually like use it to um, understand my emotions in a more organized way that's really fascinating I think art can have very particular benefits on different people and it's so awesome to see how much it has helped you grow and understand yourself even if you're expressing things that aren't completely related to you I think that is just really really interesting So moving on a bit to the moment you decided to create Cuerpo Baldío, how did you come up with that idea and why did you feel the urge to do so? I created Cuerpo Baldío as a form of an escape. I did it because I needed a way to like look at my art and understand it in like a more public way um, because obviously I would see it and I would understand how I saw it but I didn't know how that reflected the rest of the world because I mean art is like what the artist makes it and how the other people interpret it and art a big part of art is the interpretation of the other people so I thought it was important for me to show that side of myself and for the people that saw it to interpret it as part of their life and not only myself. I really think that is very powerful because as you said, art can be very personal and very subjective. It depends on how each person is living their life and the moment they're going through when they see that work of art because it could speak to a person in so many different ways. So I applaud you for taking that risk, for taking that step to making your art public because I think the world needed to see it and it's going to be such a great outlet for you, but it's also going to serve a greater purpose for anybody looking because they'll feel so much once they see your pieces because I know that I feel so many things whenever I look <laughs> through your Instagram page. Um, so how do you express yourself through art? Because we all hear that art is a form of expression, but I think it's really interesting to dive in deeper to understand how that process happens for you and if you think like today I want to make a happy picture or if that happens a bit more naturally and you're like hey this is a pretty happy piece maybe I was feeling happy and that is why I created something so happy or just how does that process work from transmitting something an idea a concept in your head to paper um I believe I use my art as a form of interpreting my emotions so when I'm writing or when I'm drawing a piece I usually let myself go and go with the flow of it and then I try to understand why I did what I did 
because I think if I think a lot about it, it doesn't come as natural and it doesn't like convey my true emotions as well. So I try to let myself go and let myself get completely submerged in it. Um, and then I try to understand why and what I was feeling and what I created. That's really cool. So you definitely just let yourself be free as you create and worry about interpreting it later. That's so interesting. The art, the mind of an artist is really fascinating. So a really big thing with people who create, and we hear this all the time, which I think is a really big struggle, is how do you keep inspiration? Because inspiration is literally your motor to keep creating things and producing things. So what happens when that runs out? I often try to remind myself and understand that I am not any less because I am creating or doing less. Um, everyone has their ups and downs in everything, in every aspect of life. And for me, it comes in the form of art. And sometimes I want to do something or I feel a certain way and I want to like express it through my art. But I just can't find a way how. And that's completely normal. Sometimes, even though you are full of emotion, you can't convey it in the way you want to. It is all trial and error. And after all, I can't create if I'm burnt out or if I am not inspired. It'll not be as genuine or as real as it could be. And what's the purpose of art if it isn't real or genuine? Wow, I am absolutely speechless. I think that you definitely have gone through a bit of a rocky journey with this and you definitely had to learn the hard way. But I think the point you're reaching, that point of self-compassion, understanding and reminding yourself what the purpose of art is and not forcing anything when it doesn't feel natural is so important. And that should be like in a handbook for every creator of any kind, because I think that's the best, most mature way to confront different situations. And with something so fluid as art it's just really trusting the process and recognizing that you won't be able to keep up that same pace every day so i'm really proud of you for being able to reach that conclusion something i really admire from your platform is that you have been able to speak up with important problematics happening here so specifically with the whole black lives matter movement and taking that to the context of colombia which is much more common to us and just It's our surroundings. So I remember that you really try and shed a light on understanding our context before kind of defending different countries and protesting for different countries when there were so many things occurring in our country that we were completely ignoring and disregarding. So you could shed a light on that and also the different massacres that are occurring here. And I think that's really important because you were able to use your platform for a really important and relevant message. So how can you continue creating such beautiful things that have a really relevant and current meaning and that are kind of like a call for attention to the government of different things that are happening? I usually try to convey things that I feel important in the world through my art. Um, it's the best way I can do it, so, I mean, why not? I try to show the world that even though a lot of the other parts of the world have problems as well, we as Colombians should also pay attention to the movements that are happening in our country. Um, I have seen, in my experience, a lot of people talking about the Black Lives Matter movement in the U.S., and that's great, but we have to start talking about the place we live in as well and we live in Colombia and we need to understand that here there are a lot of problems happening as well um, there has been a lot of racial conflicts and um, assassinations um, and people who have passed away because of all these racial injustices and try to stop all that um, let's say, performative activism and really try to make a difference in the world through um, signing petitions and doing art and showing the world that there is something happening, not only in the US, but in the whole world. And in Colombia, it's happening. 
For example, I was talking with my father the other day and we were talking about all this Black Lives Matter movement and I was like, oh my God, and there has been a lot of other assassinations. For example, um, the 29 trans women assassinated here in Colombia only this year. And he was like, oh my God, I didn't know about that. And I was like, yeah, the thing is that we talk a lot about everything that's happening in other places that we forget that we are a country that is struggling as well. And I want to shed a light on those things that are happening here as well. I try to be a little bit more subtle about it in some of my art, but in most of my art, I try to be like straight to the point and like show the people that this is happening in the world and this is happening in our country and we have to do something about it. If not, it's going to keep on happening and we are going to like let it slide and that's totally not okay. And we don't even realize it because... It's not like conveyed in the news and it's like kind of like hidden from us. And I don't think that's fair for all the people that have suffered. Yes, honestly, yes, yes, yes to everything you just said. But las paisas que se creen gringas. No, but for real, I really like a term that you said really stuck with me and it was performative activism. I think that my personal journey with activism has been a little bit strange because I rationally know like all the injustices that are occurring and I know how serious it is but I think that at least from my experience I don't have the capacity to understand that because I can't say like a family member of mine was murdered but the truth is even if I haven't experienced in a direct way all this pain I still have a responsibility as a citizen as a a young person who wants to make the world a better place to shed a light upon all of these things that are happening even if i don't completely ind understand how this pain must feel because i'm privileged enough not to have experienced it my voice is still worthy and if i have a platform of any way then i should be doing something to make people know or be more informed or at least feel more sensitive towards different things that are happening and i think that your journey with activism has definitely been an inspiration to me to just realize that i can express and shed a light on so many things in very creative ways and make people understand what's happening in so many different ways so i think that has been very valuable Talking about the last major form of art that you create, which I wanted to discuss today, is, as you mentioned earlier, you are going to be majoring in literature, which I think is so, so, so amazing, and that, that, that just has too much brain power <laughs> that <laughs> I, <laughs> I do not have, at least in literature. I just, I think that is really amazing. So I wanted to talk a bit more about that. My first question for you is, why do you write? My writing, as a lot of my art, is my escape and my interpretation of my emotions. A lot of times I write to understand them in a deeper way. I try to understand what I am feeling and why I'm feeling like this through my writing. Yeah, I think that's a really important process because when you develop yourself artistically, you learn different techniques and different styles, but in the process, you also learn about yourself. So it's a really important balance, which I think you've definitely mastered. <laughs> so I really remember reading a piece you sent over to me that was worded in such a beautiful way. The story itself was really sad and really touching, but I think that the way you crafted it was so unique and I want to say it was like something I've never read before but it is like something I've read before like all of the great Colombian and Latin American literature masters which have just created such amazing pieces where they use just vocabulary that blends together really harmoniously and that's what I feel when I read your amazing texts. So what have you done or what do you incorporate in your writing that makes it so unique? I'm just completely myself when I write. I try to incorporate different elements such as drawings or collages afterwards to like calm myself down and interpret it in a different way so I can like get the bigger picture about what's happening in my mind when I do what I do. 
um, because a lot of times I just write or um, do something and I'm very confused about why I did that and then when I try to understand it um, it becomes like very clear in my mind and I try to understand it through other forms of art. It just comes so naturally to you that, you know, you just find yourself creating, you find yourself writing. And I think that is so interesting because I know that whenever I try to do something, I definitely need to make a conscious effort. And I think for you, it comes so much more naturally and kind of like in a fresh way. So I just totally admire those abilities. And again, similar to my question with art, I wanted to know what you want to shed a light on when you are writing. Are there any problematics you're passionate about or a message that you always want to convey? As I said before, I always try to shed a light on things that are happening in the world, but a lot of the times um, it's my emotions and certain topics... Um, or just my day-to-day life and how I interpret um, what happens to me and the feelings I feel with them. Yeah, I think that with writing, it's really awesome because you can take a personal situation and write it in a way that anybody who reads it can relate to it in a totally different way because it resonates with something they've been through or something they felt. And I think that's the really beautiful thing and how writing can become so global and such a big phenomenon because anybody can connect to it on different experiences and different levels that they've had so i think that if you make sure that it's really personal somebody out there will connect with it so following that line about you expressing your emotions would you consider that you use writing as a form of therapy Completely. Um, My writing is my way of digesting and understanding my emotions, my way of expressing what I feel and um, why I'm feeling like this, even though (laughs) sometimes it doesn't work. I sometimes um, am feeling a certain way and I start writing and then I finish and I read it all again and I'm like, what did I just write? (laughs) I end up like more confused than when I started writing which is something that can happen, but I usually try to break it down and try to understand like, okay, I wrote this because of this, and I am feeling like this because of this. So it doesn't, co- it doesn't happen to me that often, but it certainly does sometimes. For sure. The process with therapy or therapy in its different ways is messy. A lot of the time we expect to just work through our problems immediately, but I think there are so many ups and downs and confusions and it's not a like linear process. So if we use different ways to escape or outlets, then the process won't always be super neat and tidy. Sometimes it'll be confusing and we won't understand it, but the important thing is to push through. And I think that the process you do of And the exercise you do of like evaluating and reflecting on everything you write and trying to like understand it and pick it apart, I think is so valuable because even if we write just because we want to write, something inside of us is going to be pouring out onto that paper, even if it's in a very subtle way. And it's trying to talk to us. It's trying to tell us that we have something wrong going on and wrong inside of us or some undealt pain or anything it's just trying to speak to us and i think that it's really cool that you make sure that you always try and understand why you wrote things the way you did and what this could mean so that is definitely something that i admire and again similar to my question on inspiration how would you deal with writer's block i usually try to remind myself that there is no shame in not creating and that sometimes i can wake up and not feel the need to write or I don't feel anything (laughs) so I don't I can't write if I don't know what I'm feeling so I usually try to understand that it that's not my fault and that I just need to keep moving forward and um, find my inspiration elsewhere that's really wise because with these types of careers where you have to create I think you really have to find a balance between discipline and letting inspiration come to you sometimes you can like force yourself to write 
when you're not feeling totally inspired and then it may not produce the best work you're capable of doing but I definitely think that it's important to navigate like understanding when it is worth writing even if you don't feel so 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 inspired or when it's best to just take a break and let the inspiration come back to you so I think it's really valuable to listen to your experience writing and a lot of people have writing as a hobby and you chose it as your major so I wanted to ask you why is literature the major for you why did you pick it I chose literature as my major because um I think what we should study should resonate with us um, in a very passionate way. And for me, writing is my passion. It's like art, but I think I resonate a lot more with writing and it helps me understand who I am and what I'm feeling and what I stand for as a person. I am definitely going to remember that when I'm picking my own major. I think that you came to the best decision in the best way possible and for all the right reasons so i'm really happy for you and i hope that you enjoy your journey definitely one of our biggest bonding points has been the quote everything happens for a reason so i would love to talk a little bit about this whole concept because it is what we say whenever we're in struggles whenever we tell each other something really terrible that happened our first response is always everything happens for a reason it's just how we start our advice it's always like the introduction we use and I think it has been able to collect a lot of meaning for us and just become super deep and it's kind of funny because for as long as I can remember we have always been telling this to each other but I started questioning why we actually believe this so for me I think that in times of struggle we can't see the greater picture as things happen and we're so consumed in the way things went wrong or this bad thing happened or whatever and we don't really have the ability to just zoom out and think about the role this will play in the rest of our life or what it'll teach us or what it could mean. So I think that having a person by your side who tells you that everything happens for a reason can be an excellent source of support. Hard times are life lessons in the future we usually can see that because as you said we are completely immersed in the problem we are in and the things we are feeling and how we are dealing with it that we can't see the bigger picture and we can't see the life lesson as it happens we just need to be patient and wait until we can look back and understand what we were supposed to learn after hearing so often the words everything happens for a reason, I think that, you know, it can definitely be a source of comfort, but it's important to just take a minute and take a step back to reflect on what it actually means. So for me, in this particular context, it is definitely a symbol of our friendship and that Osu knows the words that will always ground me because as I said, it's like our go-to whenever we share our problems with each other and I think that the act of hearing somebody always say those words when I come to them with a struggle can be super comforting because it's like yes you know you, the you just know me and what will help me understand what's going on and what will help me calm down so I think it's really valuable to have one person just always repeat that to me I think we have become it like kind of our motto and what keeps us grounded when we talk to each other and need to let it all out um, we say that and it's like, yeah, you're right. Everything does happen for a reason. I just can't see it yet. And it keeps us going on through hard times. I think it's like our gravity. It pulls us towards the center and just it connects us whenever we're going through tough times. So where this comes from is kind of a funny story. I think we just repeated it all the time until we realized that we would always say it. So it kind of became like <laughs> an inside joke. So like whenever we're telling each other our problems and we're sending just like voice notes back and forth, it's like everything happens for a reason giggles and then continues with the rest of the message because I think it just holds a very special value and we both recognize that and remember that whenever we say it. 
it definitely is just what we need to hear in those rough times. I think it always gives us peace in the most desperate moments because the world can literally be crumbling around us and we'll be like, hey, everything happens for a reason. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes when we're just really upset, we may not like consider it that much, but the message remains and it will always linger somewhere in the back of our heads and we'll always just like know it's there and know it has a meaning and it is true. So I think that definitely has pushed us ahead in life and has let us cope with bad things that happen. I think this episode would not be complete without a little bit of our background and our story and just an entire segment dedicated to our friendship. So as I teased a little bit at the beginning, we are the antisocial caterpillars. Now, I don't remember the exact story of how we came to this. <laughs> okay, share it, share it. So I sent her a meme and um, it was like, oh, um, something about social butterflies and then I said, like, I'm, like, the complete opposite. I'm, like, an antisocial, like, caterpillar. And then it just clicked and we just, we're, we're the antisocial caterpillars and that's it. You just unlocked so many memories. I remember we had a phase where we would not stop talking about our crying parties. Yes. <laughs> so we convinced each other that we were going to... Yes! <laughs> so we... We convinced each other we were going to make, like, a crying party because, like, I don't know what we were talking about, but we were, like, sad. And then we were, like, we should just make a party where everybody comes and we just cry. And we thought about, like, the decoration. It would be, like, candlelit, like, super somber, like, dark academia aesthetic. (laughs) So we just talked about that so much. And, yeah, oh, my gosh, so many memories. I was, like, end of 2018, just, like... (laughs) So yeah, a bit more about our friendship is that we don't see each other that often, but, and I think that was definitely a strength when quarantine started because everybody was like, oh my gosh, I can't see my friends. And we were like, you know, we didn't see each other all that often. And, <laughs> yeah. and we've, and we, <laughs> friends, so. yeah, <laughs> so that was definitely a strength we had uh, coming into all of this. But whenever we do talk or see each other, it's like nothing has changed. We're still able to just like talk and bond and laugh and everything. And like the last time we saw each other was probably like in January, I think. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. The day we went to the mall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that was like in end of February, early March. So yeah, at some point around there. So it has been a a long time, but you know, we're still as close as ever. We still get along and time definitely doesn't let us drift apart. Another really strong bonding point is I really like your family and I think you like mine too. (laughs) So I think that really takes the whole friendship to the next level because we feel welcome in each other's houses and I can't say I feel that with everybody. So just feeling like there's another space for me in the city, I think is really comforting and it really like can strengthen our friendship. We have bonded over so many little things. Like as Osu mentioned at the beginning, fashion, we will send each other pictures of our outfits all the time. It's like, hey, check out my fit. (laughs) And we'll hype each other up. And like, for instance, what Osu is wearing today is absolutely amazing. I told her, (laughs) thank you. I told her she should post her outfit on Pinterest. She would blow up like (laughs) that's an aesthetic. And we also, speaking of aesthetics, love sharing like our aesthetics and just pictures that inspire us. And we also love like talking about room decor and showing each other when we make over our room. I remember when you put like fairy lights all around your room, that was just so cozy. And we love sharing those things with each other and just like wholesome little stories and cute anecdotes with our family and just really little things that like make our hearts melt. We also are the CEOs of cute WhatsApp stickers of just like buckets of love (laughs) and the most cute little, little details ever. I want to ask you what this friendship has taught you. I think the most important thing that this friendship has taught me is that um, no time or distance can come between a good friendship with good solid bases. And even though we don't talk to each other as often, I still know that she is there for me and I am there for her. And we know that and we don't need to be like all the time around each other to um remind ourselves that we are there 
For sure, that's definitely something that I've admired with our friendship because good friendship and being close with someone doesn't mean like it's not a synonym to just see them all the time because I think bonds can go much deeper than that and you can have like really connected roots with the person and that doesn't have to manifest itself in talking 24-7 or getting upset when they don't respond immediately. Like I think those sorts of things are some practices of friendship which may work with some people but at the end of the day can be a little bit exhausting having to feel like you always need to report yourself to somebody so I think that we can just kind of drift our own ways and do our own thing but always know that they're that we're there for each other and how do you think this friendship has helped you through tough times? I just know, as I said before, that you will always be there for me, no matter what. And I, even though sometimes, even though you have people around you, you can feel alone. But I always remind myself that even though I don't talk to you that often or I can always count on you and tell you what's happening in my life and you will not judge me for who I am or what's happening and you will accept me and be there for me. And I think that's the most important thing that has to be in a friendship is the fact that we have to be there for each other and support each other no matter what. Yeah, being there no matter what is a really big thing. And as we talked a bit about before, we have had to like stick together through patches where we don't talk that often. But even in those periods where we're not super close in touch, I always know deep down that you're there for me. So how have you been able to show me that you're that you're always going to care, that you're always going to be on my side rooting for me, even if you don't like verbally express it all the time? Because I've definitely felt that. I check in on you regularly on your mental health and I usually try to make myself present in your life even though we don't see each other that often as we said before. I think it's very important for you to feel like I am there for you even though we don't see each other i send you things that remind me of you and our friendship um like you said before like our uh, little fashion and aesthetic things and our whatsapp seekers and stuff um and i try to make myself present through that those little things and show you that i will always be there for you the little things definitely make all the difference because even if it's just a random text out of the blue like hey I was thinking about you how have you been and just catching up like that I think is really important and responding to our Instagram stories and just even if it's like super random look at these stickers somebody just sent me aren't they so adorable like (laughs) little things like that and I think you just really need to know that you don't need an excuse to talk to a person like even if you just want to know how they're doing or tell them a positive message or share something with them you can do that and those are the things that will really build a friendship just those little moments where you show the other person that you actually care and you're not afraid of like seeming desperate I think that we've just been really good about that Sadly, this episode is coming to an end, and as you guys know, I love asking my guests for recommendations, so today, the queen of music will be recommending (laughs) and sharing some of her favorite musicians, which I 100% approve, love, live by, (laughs) and you introduced them to me, so they've been in my playlist for like this whole year, and I have just vibed so hard to their music, so please tell us who they are. So the first person I'm going to recommend is a musician called Laura Murcia. Um, She has helped me through a lot of hard times. Las curanderas. Las curanderas. Oh my God. I listened to that song on loop for like a month. That was the only song I listened to. I I know it's going to appear like my most listened song on Spotify this 2020. It's, It's been on my head, in my head for... A long time um it has helped me go through a lot of hard times um you can find her obviously on spotify um i just love her it's very chill music very um indie as you say um <laughs> as the cool kids i actually saw her live and i sang las curanderas to her it was such an empowering moment i still remember it to this day and 
it was very empowering because I was going through a very hard time and the place where the concert was represented a lot of the hard times I was going through and being able to go on that stage and sing the song to her and look into her eyes and say thank you for this song and for all the music you make um, in that place was so empowering and so important to me. Goals, that was like a dream come true. I did not go see her life, but I think I lived the experience through <laughs> because you sent me like a drive archive where you had like all, where you recorded the whole concert and I was like, <laughs> it was so wholesome. But yeah, I definitely think that experience was so awesome for you. The second musician I'm going to talk about is Silvan Estrada. I absolutely love her. I think we bond a lot, Thea and I, with her. I actually also saw her live and absolutely loved her. The only thing is that she charged like 50 mil pesos for a single picture. I, uh, I don't... I don't know if it was like the picture or like I I know the t-shirt cost like 50,000 pesos but it was very expensive nonetheless but I absolutely love her music. Um you can also find her on Spotify. She also has like very chill music. Um most of her music is like very sad. So <laughs> so if you're into that like sort of stuff, yeah. So if you're into that like sort of stuff, um very recommended. I was not a fan when Silvana came here, so I did not go to her concert and I regret it every day, but <laughs> I love her music and the closest experience I've had to a concert is one day she did a live in quarantine and it was hilarious because Osu was there, Monza was there and I was there and we were talking through the comments of the Instagram live and it was hilarious because one of us would ask like, oh, what was that song called? And then the other one <laughs> would just respond and it was so wholesome to like be in a virtual concert with you guys and yeah, it's just Again, uh, I love both of these artists and Silvana Estrada's music. I featured her on my favorites before, but her music is so empowering. And it really is a message just telling me that I'm not alone, that like all the tough emotions I've gone through, you know, are pretty common and other people experience them. And it just is really comforting. I love listening to her music. And we put it like on top volume in the car. And my mom and my sister and I will just burst our lungs out <laughs> singing the lyrics because it's so empowering when you just like learn a song of hers and sing it because every single word has so much meaning. Well, guys, unfortunately, this episode has come to an end. Let me just say it has been one of my favorite interviews ever. I had such a blast recording this. You are a very wise person. And everything you said, I was just like, wow, I'm so lucky to have you as my friend because you know so much and, <laughs> and you're so willing to help anybody who comes across your way and you're just such a genuine person. You're like a little gem in this world of... Uh, not gems <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to come here i had so much fun you did it exceptionally well i know you're nervous but you know when you have wisdom to share you can just share it and express it and it will always come off in an amazing way and i hope that all of you guys listening could take something away from this and if you absolutely love osu now don't fear, you can stay in touch with her. You can, yeah, tell us where the listeners can reach you. So my art Instagram is Cuerpo Valdio and my personal Instagram is Sofia Leonor and with a underscore, underscore uh, at the end. My email is Sofia Leonor Osuna. Osuna is with an S, not like the reggaetonero. <laughs> Um, at gmail.com I think like whenever I tell my friends your name they always like get surprised because they think that your last name is like Osuna, Osuna with a Z and it's just hilarious seeing their reactions but yeah we were just talking because Osu got a tattoo the other day and it's so adorable, it's a little cow but the ink is really thin and we're trying to investigate this lady because we think she ripped, they, she ripped her off because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's like falling apart she looks very talented. I'm yeah. seeing her Instagram right now, but I don't know what happened with you, man. Uh, <laughs> she hit me off. We demand a refund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyways, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. It has a special place in my heart. Definitely one of my faves. And yeah, 
I, you, we can't forget. We cannot forget. I always forget when I have guests. We have to say like, cheers, and then clink, clink. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> okay, bye. Well, that's about it for this episode. I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at Theasti Podcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. Because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews here, so if you want to be featured, be my guest. Go ahead and spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, theastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with a guest and an additional bonus Q&A every month. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week.